Looking for last minute weekend getaway? I've got you covered. I have five road trips already planned for you. They're all a few hours from New York City, so they're the perfect trips for anybody on the East Coast to tap into. Whether you're looking for family-friendly, a romantic getaway, something leisure, activities-filled, history and heritage-filled, or if you want to spend the weekend stuffing your face. The packet has it all. It was designed to take all the guesswork and planning off of your plate. You choose based on the vibe or the distance. Included in the packet are itineraries for weekend trips to Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Hartford, Connecticut, Johnson and Burlington, Vermont, and Montreal, Canada. It includes packing lists, a pre-trip car prep guide, and travel and shit podcast playlists of road trip content. These itineraries are perfect for travelers who enjoy having a plan with space for spontaneity. Save yourself the time of planning and skip to the getaway. Let this itinerary pack take the stress of planning and packing off of the table while you focus on the road. Visit travelandshitpodcast.com slash travel resources to download your copy. I made it around the world. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. One of my favorite things to do when I have a guest is to remind you all that the podcast is also available on the YouTubes so that you can see this beautiful face that I have here with me. Wonderful listeners, please give a welcome to Khadija K. Khadija, please introduce yourself and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Hi, listeners. My name is Khadija. Um, also go by K. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have a popcorn company called K's Kettle Corn, where we sell gourmet popcorn companies to like major events. We've done Super Bowl. I've been in grocery stores. Wow. Yeah. Um, I love popcorn. I've been doing it for 10 years now, right? So Wow. Yeah. But as my corporate background, I've been a, a senior level recruiter. Um, I went to an HBCU. I'm a huge advocate for HBCU. Shout out to Granville State University. Um, I live in Houston. I'm from Los Angeles. I love to travel. Um, one of my major things that I'm, I found it was Ankara Beauty, which is I'm here to talk about because that's what brings me to travel. Um, Ankara Beauty, which is a social enterprise that sources natural beauty products from women-owned cooperatives and solo entrepreneurs around African countries. Um, but yeah, I, I just love talking, listening to podcasts and learning and travel and all things HBCU and I'm a Delta shout out to yeah. the D nice out there. <laughs> um, a special shout out to my baby, Nikki, mm -hmm. who was a recent guest who was also a Delta. Okay. Um, so, uh, sister Greeks link up, appreciate mm -hmm. all of us in the divine nine. Yeah. Um, so before we dive into, um, Ankara beauty, mm -hmm. how did you begin travel? Like, were you always a traveler? Did mm -hmm. you travel when you were young or did you have a later in life introduction to travel? Uh, well, my dad worked for Eastern Airlines, if we can go back that far. Uh, he was a sky cap. Remember when we used to have sky caps out on the, the curb that would help you with your bags and things like that? Yes. Yeah, we had, well, I don't even, they just disappeared. I think some airports might still have them. But yeah, my dad worked for Good Eastern. point. Mm -hmm. My dad. I ain't seen no, Yeah. So ever since I was little, um, you know, living in LA, we were close to Vegas and Mexico. So we would do like road trips all the time and you know with my dad working for the airline we would be able to fly for free um and you used to have to get dressed to fly you know we had our little ruffle socks on standing in standby um and my family lived in texas so we would fly to texas so we did a lot of local travel um when i was younger i think my aside from mexico my first international trip was i was 16 i went yeah. to paris france with my french class and my mom is very, my parents are both world travelers. Like my mom sang all over the world. 
um, wow. she, with a, several different groups, but like one of the biggest ones people might know of is Mac Davis, but she's traveled all over the world, USSO tours. And my dad lived in Senegal before I was born. And so okay. um, it was, it's always been about travel. So travel was something that I just thought everyone, you know, was just a part of my life. Right. And so after I went to Paris, came back, you know, even traveling locally, I went to school out of state, went to Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've always been a somewhat of a traveler. All right. So what were your adult travels like? Right. Mm -hmm. So I know sometimes people do travel as a youth, but when you came into paying your own bills and be responsible for mm -hmm. paying things on your own, what was that travel experience like for you? Um, I, I started off with um, I was married for a long time. So we would do like the Bahamas and Puerto Rico and, you know, um, where else did I go? I've been to like and what I was paying for, you know, it was more of the. um more common, I guess you would say, depending on where you're at, uh, closer mm -hmm. places. Like before I got a passport or renewed my passport, mm -hmm. I went to the Bahamas. Like people were doing destination weddings. So mm -hmm. my ex's frat brothers got married in, you know, the Bahamas. So we went there. We went to St. Croix, you know, places that you didn't really need a passport for. Um, okay. So the U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, um, a lot of the Caribbean places. Um and then Dominican Republic, but like far travel, I think I would I would have started probably, I guess 2018, um, okay. when I went to Ghana for the first time. Is that the furthest place? Yeah. 2018, I went to Ghana for the first time with a group. It was a group travel. Okay. Um, HBC alumni abroad. We went to Grambling together. Oh, nice. Yeah. And she just put it out there and was like, I want to you know, put a trip together and Ghana had always been on my list. Um, well, a lot of African countries have always been on my list. Right. They just seem so far. Right. And so it was like a bucket list far out dream. Um, and when I saw that she put the group together, I was like, yeah, I'm going like, why not? You know? And then that same year I went to Cuba and it was like, that's when everybody was going to Cuba. Let's go before they shut it down again, before we can't go. You know, it was, it was that. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's the sense yeah. of urgency. Mm -hmm. The sense of urgency. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, I had a, a budget in mind. I don't know where I got this arbitrary number. Like, okay, if the trip is not over $3,000, you know, like I, what, mm -hmm. what fits in that? I don't even know where. I just thought about that. I don't know where I got that number from. I guess it was comfortable with my budget, I guess. Yeah. For me, I think that it's funny you should say that because I had all of these, honestly, limiting beliefs mm -hmm. of what travel was before I actually saw people that looked like me and sounded like me actually mm -hmm. out actively doing it. <laughs> I personally didn't travel internationally until like 2017. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, I too had that arbitrary number in my head, like, oh, I don't got no $4,000. Yeah. I can't go nowhere. Because yeah. I always thought that travel was going to be so expensive because whenever I would see traffic, traffic, whenever I would see travel before social media, right? So everyone's got, not everyone, but we've all heard all of the social media is destroying this social yeah. media. This is all fake. So there have been some really good things to social yeah. media. And I personally can say that it gave me personally the travel bug. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that travel was accessible to me outside of say, um, what do you call it when you're in college? Uh, the study abroad, abroad. right? Mm -hmm. But then when I saw all the paperwork and it was just, I just assumed that it would be so far out of my reach because I got to do this first. I got to get this first. I got to figure that. There was so many things that I let get in the way telling that my own story of what was going to keep me from going as opposed to just leaning into it. Right. And when I saw black women traveling, but not just like black women, right? Because, and I'm trying to make sure I word this so it doesn't sound crazy. There's always a preconception of, oh, well, I don't have a job like her right. or she makes way more than I do. Or <laughs> it's just like, oh, wait, so like regular black girls can go, not just yeah. the ones that have rich husbands right. or the ones that work in finance right. and tech. It's just like me, this little backwarded job here. Mm -hmm. I might have a couple dollars. Right. And that was the start for me. So I really um, limiting beliefs, man. They will. <laughs> limit yeah. but the way that we kind of 
I'm curious about the little things that are kind of like the little latch mm-hmm. that comes off before you push the door. Like, what is it every once in a while that will get us to look past what it is we really think about, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I would assume that for you, it was seeing the other people that you went to school with. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a trip that was being put together. And it's just like, all right, well, y'all going, let me see what it's all about. Yeah. So I would le- I would urge people to lean into those things that you are curious about because you, mm-hmm. you might be surprised that whatever may have been holding you back from those curiosities mm-hmm. really ain't that big of a deal. It's really not. So <laughs> what was that first trip like? What was Ghana like for you the first time? Oh, uh, well, because I had been to Bahamas like a few years before mm-hmm. and I, I was like, okay, right? It's black people. It's hot, okay. right? And so <laughs> I didn't have, and I, I was feeling guilty a little bit because I didn't have that oh my God, I'm home feeling that you hear everyone have. And I'm like, no, it's a cool place, but I went to HBCU, you know, like my dad lived in Senegal. I go to New Orleans all the time. Black people, right? And it, But mm-hmm. it was a, in December, it was a turn up. It was just nonstop fun. And I didn't realize that my subconscious was relaxed oh, until yeah. I got back home and was like, oh, you know, I was like the nervousness that I had. I broke a lot of my, my, I didn't even know I was scared of the dark. I didn't really? like just being out. It, I didn't realize how, how much afraid of the dark I was there. And my friends that I, now that I have friends there, they're like, what are you, why are you so jumpy? And I was just like, we don't just be walking outside. You know, I'm from LA. We don't okay. just be walking outside in the dark or like the interactions with the police. And they're standing there with these big, long guns. They're there to protect us. Like it was just like those mm-hmm. little things that I had to. Yeah. I I realized about myself when I came back, but I just knew that I didn't know what it was, but I knew I was going to go back. And I was just like, oh, it's 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 far. But once I was there, it was just like it didn't seem so far because that was mm-hmm. the furthest place that I went. Did I go straight? I think I flew straight there. But then, like since I've been going, I'm, I'll stop in like different African countries. Okay. And I'll be like, oh, y'all, I'm going to Ghana. Anybody want to go? And they're like, girl, Africa is not down the street, but it doesn't seem so far anymore. And uh, yeah, so those limiting beliefs that that I had, I didn't realize until I got back. So I was so like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. This is so, it looks like LA, you know, it looks like, and I went to school in mm-hmm. the country. So like, it's a lot, of th- lot more similarities than, okay. you know, differences but it it wasn't um something that I was I don't know I I knew that that part of Africa existed because my dad always spoke so highly of it right and my mom has been to Africa so I didn't have I guess I didn't really have any expectations but I did feel guilty about not having that oh my god I'm home feeling okay (laughs) so which trip to Ghana was it that gave you the inspiration to become involved with uh, social travel and impact? What made you want to begin with Ankara Beauty? Okay, so 2018, we went for the first time um, went with the group. And the next year I went and um, it was the year return. And that that's, was um, 400 years since, you know, the first slave ship arrived of enslaved Africans to um what it, where is it um in Jamestown West Virginia Jamestown Virginia and mm-hmm. so it was a big you know celebration and one of my sororers she's the director of tourism over there so she was you know talking about yeah we're everywhere we're gone. I was, that's my exactly I was like are we yeah she was director okay. of year of return that that actual okay. program which is now beyond beyond return um and that's when it was you know they were pushing the diaspora to come and I knew I mm-hmm. wanted to come back because you know it was a really great trip and I knew my sister right. wanted to go and I actually wanted to go by myself though. But my friends was like, uh, uh-uh, I want to go with you. So it was like five of us went back. Um, and when I got there, I, in 2018, the shea butter, I was like, Oh, as an entrepreneur, how can I import shea butter? That's how I initially wanted to do something, you know, some type of product. And I met a woman who has a shea butter cooperative. Her name is Ajeke in, um, via social media. We were talking about how social media has a lot of good mm-hmm. parts to it. Um, and she made a post about um, her shea butter cooperative building a school for the children whose mothers make shea butter for her. And oh. she was asking um, 
she was just make she wasn't asking for anything actually. She just posted like an update, you know, oh, we're laying the foundation or something like that. And I, I inboxed her for whatever reason. I was like, Well, I'm coming back, you know, can I bring something? And she, you know, she was looking like, Who is this random person? Yeah. And uh she was just like, Well, they need school shoes. They're at another school. They need she used the word proper shoes. Um to go with their uniforms. And I was like, okay, you know, and school supplies. And I was just like, okay. So I reached out to my friends and they were like, their kids grew out of, you know, shoes. We buy our kids stuff all the time. And so um, I just brought it back. And my friends who came with me, we all brought like school supplies in our luggage. And I met with her. It was like midnight. She came to where we were staying. Um, and it was crazy because it's December traffic is insane. It was like midnight. Oh. We were at an Airbnb. Well, it wasn't an Airbnb. It was a um, just a house that I trusted somebody and it actually felt, you know, it, it came to fruition. Um, we trusted them. We exchanged money. It's a lot of money for 10 days, but she came to the house and she picked up the stuff and she was just telling me more about the project that she was doing in her cooperative. And we were just like, oh, so I don't know what possessed us to like start giving even more money that we brought. She was just like, you guys have already brought all of this stuff. You know, you've done so much. We were like, no, you know, it, we don't, you know, we'll eat that up, you know? And mm -hmm. so we gave it to her and she was just like almost in tears. And she called the principal of the school. And mind you, this is like midnight there at their time. We're there. And uh -huh. she's just like, we have the money to pay the teachers that have already been working. These teachers were wow. just showing up, not getting paid. And, you know, he's, he's speaking to us, you know, just thinking. So I was just thinking about the impact that we were making, just the five of us right then. And I was yeah, just right. like, we can do more. We can definitely do more. So that's what sparked it. And so I've been going 2018, 2019, 2020 was the life-changing trip. And I had each 2018 I went, didn't feel the home. 2019, it was still just fun. And then 2020 pandemic is when I was just like, Oh my God, right. this yeah. is where I need to be. Yeah. And, but each year I would still, you know, take the shoes and stuff mm -hmm. there. But 2020 was the year that I went to the Shea Butter Cooperative, which is a 12 hour drive, but like a 40 minute flight. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Cause it's, it's rural. It's not a crowd. Yeah. It's not, you know, um, pop and turn up, you know, it's mm -hmm. totally different. Um, yeah. And that's when I, started the Shea Butter documentary, a lot of stuff because I've been in supply chain to figure out like how the women benefit at what point in the supply chain. So mm -hmm. I um, reached out to her to see if it was okay, get their permission to film. And we brought school supplies. We paid the women for being in the documentary. And it was just amazing. Like that was my a whole nother eye opener up there, how different it was, you know, because you, you yeah. at the time it was kind of focused on Accra. Like, come to Ghana, yeah. come to Ghana, Afrochella, Slave mm -hmm. Castle. You was like, Slave Castle's in Afrochella. It's like, okay, there's a lot of stuff in between, you know? And so that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's what happened. So, rolling back the, uh, the tapes here, mm -hmm. what was this random house booking? I am intrigued. How did y'all figure that out? What was that? <laughs> Um, so again, social media, I'm, 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 I'm a believer that you use social media. It's a tool, right? So there's all Absolutely. these travel groups. There's these trip groups, you know, um, I think it was travel Africa movement. And then there's sisters, the repatriation group. Um, and I just posted it in the group. I was like, Hey, you know, does anyone have any connections for a house? Cause I believe when I travel to a country to I like Airbnb, but if I can find someone who is mm -hmm. indigenous to the country to, to book through them. And she was like, he's not on Airbnb, but this is a legit guy. You know, here's his information. Tell him, you know, so-and-so sent you. I literally had to wire this man some money. <laughs> and then mind you, it's a little different because now it's everybody's money. It's not just my money. And so That's... I'm just like, well, I usually have good luck with stuff like this. That's how I'm, I know. I'd be floating through the world. I don't the float through the world. You. If something happens, I'll eat it, right? Mm -hmm. um, because we were looking for a specific, it was five of us, you know, and these are women, we tr we travel internationally together. Oh, we like go to Canada for Black Ski Week and stuff like that, right? So we're- That's a thing. Yeah, MLK Ski Weekend. Yeah. 
It's so oh. much fun. 2015. I, I forgot about that. But yeah, we went 2015. It's every year around MLK weekend. Um, some guys from Detroit put it together. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Is it always in Canada or is um, it like, does it float around? I think does it, it... The, most of the time that I've seen it has been in Canada. They're out of Detroit and mm-hmm. like right there. Makes sense. So we fly into Detroit, take the bus and it was, it's a, it's a, it's a fun trip. It's so. a time. It's a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'm picking up. Travel. I'm picking up. Yeah. <laughs> we always travel together, which is important, especially going that far away. Um, yeah. And they trusted me and we had a blast. <laughs> well, it worked out. It worked, it worked out. Because mm-hmm. I absolutely agree in terms of patronizing local um, across all industries, mm-hmm. right? And I would just be so scared of getting scammed because yeah. I can't I can't eat that. I, I yeah. wouldn't have it. I'm just like, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's got, there's, there's a market for that that's all so it's again i try my hardest to make sure i actually say what i mean mm-hmm. so airbnb is already its own thing and right. it started off being something else and then it's grown and it's it's great for what it's great for and it's shit for what it's shit for right however i feel like there is probably i'm hoping here speaking this into the positive atmosphere here that there's going to be another platform that comes along with similar attributes to Airbnb. I know there's a noir BNB, but I absolutely try my best to avoid staying at those um, listings that you could tell this person has like seven different apartments over across different states. And it's just like, this is just business for you. There's nothing about this area that you know that I can't Google. You are not from here. I am not helping a family that has lived here and has had their children here. So I feel like there is, I would love if there were, even if I had to pay a little more, if there were a platform that had actual homes, like yeah, you live in Florida, but you rent your apartment in Connecticut for a good portion of the year and vice versa, just so that you know that you're actively helping somebody that is from here versus taking away from the housing market or, you know, contributing to all the issues that Airbnb um, opposers rightfully have gripes with. I just don't feel like it's fair to shit on all of the really great things that the platform avails to a lot of travelers just because there are some that kind of like make it bad for others. There, there's got to be a middle ground, but I ain't no politician. That ain't my business. Ain't my fight to fight. But mm-hmm. I say all that to say that I absolutely agree with you in terms of wanting to support, um, you know, families and communities that are local and indigenous to the locations that you're visiting. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, why shea butter? Why was it that shea butter um be- what was it about shea butter, I guess, that you decided to expound upon and, mm-hmm. you know, take further? Again, uh, growing up in L.A., it's some of everybody's very diverse. I've been using shea butter since I was a little bit kid. Go to Ghana. You think shea, I just I go to Ghana. I think coffee, cocoa and shea butter. That's just and, and fabric. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. what was in a lot of the tourist areas. And that's when I, I'm just a curious person, uh, again, always a serial entrepreneur. Um, and I've always done like, I'm not like a, I play vegan sometimes. Like I'm not really, <laughs> you know, like I'm not super like all into natural stuff, but if I can do something mm-hmm. natural, I will. And then I saw, you know, just the women selling it and I was just like, okay, how can I, people were asking me, can, can you bring me some back, some shea butter? Right. And they're like, can you bring me back some shea butter? And that's that's kind of how it, it became. And I'm like, shea butter is heavy and we only get 50 pounds of mm-hmm. our suitcase. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Something's got to give. Yeah. So what what was the first step in that business, though? Mm-hmm. Did you necessarily just buy it in bulk while you were there or yeah. did you just kind of partner with someone from Jump? Like what yeah. was I've used the same vendor um, because I've been using shea butter since I was little. I understand that all shea butter is not it's not created equally you know and then there's different types there's different ingredients and i found like the ghanaian shea butter it was creamy the one that i had it was ivory then that's when i realized the ones that i've been getting was from nigeria you know little differences right yeah and so um the ivory shea butter i just loved it and i loved ajeke and her mission and to Mm want to support her co-op 
her co-op. And that's when I started learning about social enterprise. And I'm like, oh, that's a thing. That's what I already do, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's why I, I, I did Shea Butter. I did Shea Butter from her, from Black Soap and Shea Butter Soap. Um, and the products, they sold out and people just, they love it. They're all, they, I even created the Shea Butter Cooperative here, which is a group of Black women-owned um, natural beauty products. Um, manufacturers who use shea butter in their products. Uh, and, oh, I did see that on your website. Mm-hmm. And so we we buy it in bulk, and so that way we can split the cost. So I'm like the Costco of mm-hmm. shea butter, right? Because the it's plug. right the plug, right? But since I'm already getting a deal, let me spread that over to them, which creates more economic opportunities for the women who make shea butter because if they don't have orders, buyers, right? They don't have the money. So mm-hmm. it was so. So what? What's what are some of the differences without going into like the biology of it in mm-hmm. shea butter? Because I understand there to be like raw, unrefined, and then mm-hmm. you got like what I would call like the janky one. You know what I mean? Like this, mm-hmm. the Palmer's cocoa butter right. with shea butter. It's like the they done milked it down till it's not really. Right. What is the difference between like Nigerian and Senegalese or Ghanaian or mm-hmm. where? What are we buying? Like how okay, do we so know the a, difference? It's a fruit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so one, are the fruits spoiled? How do they pick the nuts? Right. And so it's a handcrafted product. So that's very that's number one is is the nut spoiled? Because you have you start off with a bad nut, you your product is ruined. Um then there's a yellow root that they use. If you see the yellow one, it has good properties for your skin too. But I prefer the shade. Um and then the water. <laughs> Where are they getting this water from? They gotta boil the nuts. Oh yeah, and that's why some uh, people shave oh. butter. Yeah, that's why some people shave butter will go bad fast, or it smells funny. Um, the roasting of it—it it has a very nutty, like a uh, a smell, right? And how long were they roasted? Were the nuts burnt? Um, do, are they bleaching it? You know, we love to bleach stuff when we come over here. Um, it should have a, a gray—not not grainy, but it should—it should look natural. Like when you yeah. make a whipped shea butter and put, you know, different fragrances and stuff in it, but what are the fragrances that they put in it? Are they essential mm-hmm. oils? So yeah. How was it like, it'll, I'll just run through this. Um, Cause I didn't, I didn't realize this until I did the um, business of shea documentary um, from them okay. literally picking the shea nuts and then they literally throw out the bad ones. Somebody is going cutting corners and going to use the bad ones. Cause you have, mm-hmm. they have to buy the shea nuts by the pound. Right. And so okay. anytime you have to pay for it, you paid for it. Yeah. Right. You paid for it. Um, and then they, how much, um, of the, the other ingredients, the root, the, um, the charcoal, the, um, uh, yeah, the charcoal, the cocoa powder is in it. You know, is it heavy on the shea nuts? Is it heavy on the, the, okay. Yeah, that's the difference. Mind blown. I, I mean, and it's not, so it's like, you know how you know something mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, there are steps that are required to make this, mm-hmm. but it's like, I had no fucking clue what yeah. those steps and it's So like I'm chocolate. just, I, when it's roasted, mine don't. not when it's roasted, <laughs> it smells burnt, but when it's wrote, when it's like, and it looks like n- Nutella, more like a Nutella. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? But there's so many processes that it goes to the next step where they're literally hand whipping it. And then they're skimming off the oil off the top. And I'm like, it was cool. Yeah, I got excited. First of all, who is the first person that thought? I'm always like the first person right. to do a lot of things. It's just like, what possessed right. you to think to boil this fruit? Right. This fruit. What possessed you to think that this could be anything other than uh something to decorate your plate with? I humans will forever like amaze and uh just. In a lot of good ways and a lot of bad ways, but that is I didn't I cook with it. I didn't know you could eat it, but then it's like, oh, it's in chocolate. Didn't know that. Yeah, that's a lot of things I didn't know about shea butter, and I was like, okay. Oh, so this is a very educational episode, yeah. is what we're saying here. Yeah. We're getting the knowledges. <laughs> we're getting into the know. Yeah. So, what are the differences in the different cooperatives? How do those? Um, I don't. I don't know if like pop up or like can anybody start a cooperative mm-hmm. or 
how do they occur? And then how were you able to choose? I guess because you had met the woman and you'd gotten to know her prior yeah. and then decided to just go with her. But so I guess you have, I have an answer for that one, but like, how do people start cooperatives? How are they um, arranged or what, like, what is the story of how they exist? Okay. I can, t- I can, least t- in Ghana. I can tell you how hers existed. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Jackie is a, and this is in the documentary, so I'm excited to share because it was so exciting for me. Um, she, by trade, she is a, a an attorney. She's Nigerian. Her husband is Ghanaian. She was literally just using shea butter for her own personal use. And the mm-hmm. woman that she would purchase it from, you know, it was a, a lot of people, that, a lot of women there, they know how they're trained to sew, cook, make shea butter in the North, right? And so she okay. was making shea butter for her, just buying small, little personal size, you know, shea butter. And she called her up to buy some more. And her husband answered the phone. A lot of husbands speak for the women there. Um, he was like, well, she doesn't have any. And she's very blunt. She's just like, well, why doesn't she have any? I- I probably would have hung up the phone and been like, okay, she doesn't have any. But she, she was like, well, why doesn't she have any? And she was like, well, she doesn't have any money to get the supplies for it. So she was like, well, how much does it cost? You know? And so mm-hmm. he told her. She So she sent the money. And so he, she, he, she ended up sending her like way more shea butter than she could use. And she was just like, no, I just, you know, wanted the small. He was like, no, well, you go sell it. She was like, I can't sell this. You know? She was like, who am I going to sell to? And that's when she mentioned, well, he mentioned that well, the um, there's some Chinese buyers. They, I mean, this is not, you know, literally. There's some Chinese buyers that come in and buy um, containers full, like shipping containers full. And Jacob was like, "What do you mean?" You know, so she's not thinking the big of market, you know, yeah. as it is. And so she went out to the north to see that there's other cooperatives, there's other, you know, um, manufacturing companies there. And saw you know how lucrative it was as well as like the process so that's when she had the aha moment to buy the land to put the water the electricity the grinding machines Mm -hmm. the roasting pots the um boiling pots on the the land right and then just have the women in the community who are making shea butter everyone's doing everything individually right that you just have to come here and make it. All of the stuff is here. You don't have to fetch your own firewood. You don't have to fetch clean water and pay for that. Because what was happening was everyone was doing this on their own. They're having to go in town to buy the shea nuts, right? And then they have mm. to go buy the firewood and they have to go buy the the clean water and they, you know, all of this stuff, right? And then mm-hmm. you have to sell it and then you get your money, right? Okay. And everyone is doing this individually. But as Jack A came in, provided all of that on the land they just have to come show up make it and they're making 10 times more because she has the buyers you know the the people in the diaspora the uk the nigeria that's how she started the shea butter cooperative and um because what was happening sometimes the women would make do all of this spending their money to make the shea butter um and then give it to a someone oftentimes it's a male that'll say, oh, I'm going to go to Accra, which is 12 hours, right? They're not flying, mm-hmm. right? And it's 12 hours no. because of the roads. And I'll get you your money when I sell it. And they were coming back. And of course, never hear from them again, or they weren't giving them the money or, I, you know, so they mm-hmm. just out of it. And so with a, with the Shea Butter Cooperative and those other cooperatives like that, there isn't that, that eliminates that problem. Okay. So- what I, you had mentioned the supply chain when you initially mentioned your documentary, how does that supply chain work for the women? Like I, I heard you when you said, um, you know, they, ha- they eliminate the need to source the items and the goods for themselves. They basically just come to work. Right. Mm-hmm. But for the women that aren't part of a cooperative, do they ever like do they sell it locally in the yeah. areas that they're in or like yeah. where so, does it um, actually the women in the village I can speak for um the cooperative that I worked with in Savlugu they actually don't even use it they, they it's on their skin by I guess default because they work with it because it attracts like dirt and but you know it's kind of can be sticky or whatever yeah. but um they what was your question like where is 
for the women oh. that produced it like on their own yeah so there's they a market day you know there's a okay. market day which is either sunday or wednesdays and after they mm-hmm. make it they go to the market and sell it and then they'll sell it to you know the guy will say hey let me get all this from you and i'm gonna come back with your money because i'm gonna go sell it in a crop or there's people up there that'll buy it from them because uh tamale is the major city up there um the, okay. the market is in tamale they'll go there and they'll sell it to tourists or they'll sell mm-hmm. it to people that, that they cook with it too Okay. Yeah. So how, like, how much do these women get paid? Like, is it, uh, it's $10 for like Mm. stuff that we would sell for, uh, close to $400 worth of stuff. Yeah. So that's wild. wild. It's wild because again, um, my background was in supply chain. And so I, as a recruiter, I hired everyone down from the, you know, the top CEO to the mail clerk, right? So how does this stuff, what do we need to make this stuff work? And so, um, and I found the benefits of finished products and packaging because what they were selling for $2, if it's packaged, if it's branded, you can sell for $20, right? Right. And so that's what a Jackie comes in and does. And that's why they're able to to make so much more. And that's how Ankara Beauty became a brand because they're like, okay, you know, I'm buying it in bulk, but I'm, I don't, I don't re, um, I don't make any special butter. I just literally repackage it. And so Mm -hmm. trying to impress upon the uh, cooperatives um, and the women there who are doing uh, shea butter on their own, that there is the benefit is in the finished product is in the packaging mm-hmm. it's in the branding yeah this way they can sell it for a this lot more and actually sell. just make more it's like y'all doing all of this yeah. work mm-hmm. make the money right let yeah right. so when people travel mm-hmm. to different destinations right and they want to give back. One guest I had, I don't even remember which one it was, but someone had made a really good point and they were saying, don't make the assumption of what someone needs. And just like a lot of people will just say, oh yeah, I'm going to donate, you know, money to this, or I'm going to donate clothes. Like a lot of people go like straight to clothes and they'll just bring extra clothes. Like here, I would like to donate the clothes. Yeah, it's great. Thanks. But we're good on the clothes, but that, roof needs to be fixed Mm -hmm. or you know we're plumb out of books the books we've had are like 15 years old Mm -hmm. how do you suggest tourists go about one respectfully asking people how they can be of service to them um but then two like how do you navigate i mean you can't i want to i don't want to ask how you navigate not getting scammed right because Mm -hmm. yeah it's i'm so glad you you're bringing this up because this literally is what I'm doing with the Ankara Beauty Social Impact Fund, that why I reached out to you. Um, because of my background in marketing, my goal is to work with the nonprofits and the solo entrepreneurs and the sol- that's just the people on the ground who oftentimes have three volunteers who are out there doing the work. And because I built this relationship with the JK over four years, I'm giving back to the same kids, right? So they know in December, auntie is coming and she's bringing Kofi, her friend. And we're, you know, we lay it out as, as they're shopping. We, we don't have them like all, and I'm very big on dignity and giving and, you know, me being grateful for the opportunity and being the vessel, right? But how do you not get scammed? You work with reputable, reputable people. How do you find the reputable people? We're in sororities, you know, we're, um, mm-hmm. reach out to your nonprofits, reach out to, and I, I, not to say anything wrong with the big ones, but they've got the deep donor pockets. They've got the people who, yeah. you know, we, the, on the, um, what is that? The payroll deductions every month, right? Those mm-hmm. people, you know, everyone needs, right? But yeah. I prefer to work with people that, and, and for me, it's easy, easy. I'll say easy because, again, the network, that's it's, it's a built-in network between HBCUs and um, the, the um, D9, right? And so yeah. what year was it? 2021, um, the Deltas in Ghana, I participated with them. We planted trees in the, in the forest there, right? And so that's a legitimate organization you could work with. Um, one of the frat brothers there, that I'm actually helping raise money for currently right now to drill a borehole. We 
raise money to drill a borehole. I was there for the turning on the tap, right? He's legitimate. He has his organization there. And so he's, again, reaching out to his network. So, and he's part of my network there. I'm part of my network here. I'm reaching out to the same people who donated the shoes. And Ajeke, every year, you know, by me showing, she has this window that says, donated by Ankara Beauty. She's sending me pictures. I'm not, you know, requiring this of her, but she understands the, the value in, showing and then you know people want are are inspired and they're wanting to give that's why i'm like you know what i need to give this we're raising this money we're going to give her this check so she can finish and it's not going to be bare bones i wouldn't want my nieces and nephews if i had kids to have bare bones stuff right right and i've seen the progress for the last three years i'm going up there to see it you know project manager so in addition to raising the money for these organizations that are on the ground doing the work, I'm offering marketing help, marketing expertise, because that's my background. Again, we worked in nonprofits. I'm in my alumni association here. It's all volunteer, right? And so mm-hmm. they don't have the skilled, the skilled expertise for the social media or, you know, so it's like, how do I not get scammed? You got to do your research. And that's what... If that's what Ankara Beauty Social Impact Fund is. If you guys want to work with other organizations there, I can only speak for Ghana because that's where I'm that's where I'm do my do all of my work right now. Reach out to me. And I'm like, this this network is super small there. It'll get around if something is not legit, right? Um mm, okay. Yeah. And but you know, you just have to be do your due diligence, right? Because sometimes we get so excited and want to give back, and it's like, yeah, well, I got scammed now, everybody's a scammer. Well, you know, <laughs> right? I've worked with people who I've literally met via social media, um, who sends me stuff. He, he sends me stuff all the time. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I send it via Simway. And he's just like, You sent me too much, it doesn't cost that much. I'm like, No, that's for your, your trial, you know. So, there's there. I can only speak for Ghana and the experiences that I have. I have come across some amazing people. Not only just, you know, because it's easy for us to walk in and link up, right? But literally mm-hmm. working with the local people who are my friends, who I bring to the D9 stuff. So they can see, yeah. you know, I'm learning from them. They're learning from me. So would you suggest that travelers look into this before they travel? Or is this something that you can kind of uh, tap into like once you get there? I mean, because I know I'm an energy person, so I enjoy being able to like read the room. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I kind of feel like, well, at that point, you might have missed an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like if I were to wait until I get there to say, how can I help? Mm -hmm. um, And then also, um, well, I'll get back to that one. So Mm -hmm. if I were to wait until I got there to say, well, how can I help? At that point, it's either just going to be money or physical labor. I can't necessarily tap into resources that I may have on hand at my disposal back home. Right. But like, what would you suggest in terms of travelers who want to be um, not, so, I don't know if it's socially conscious, I guess it would be socially it was conscious, socially but would like to contribute socially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be, just be aware and conscious. And yeah, it, I would definitely do it ahead of time, depending on how far you're going and what you're, mm-hmm. what you're willing to risk. Right. Um, because it is an ex- expensive trip to go that far. You have a certain amount of days. You need to plan that out. If you're working with a tour guide, a reputable tour guide, those are great resources to use. Um, a lot of them have, you know, work with organizations, if it's a um, an orphanage or a school or whatever is close to your heart. If you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, if you're, you know, a chef, you know, even if it's taking a class or going to the local community there, those are all ways that you are impacting the community locally, right? Because we've already spent all this money on travel getting there and it's not going there, right? right? And um, if you stay in a major chain, oftentimes the owner is, a, you know, a foreigner, right? Um, mm-hmm. So they're not local to there. And you, you have to be safe, you know, when you're going. So you want something that's familiar, Right. But you absolutely can. There's major organizations, again, there's, you know, major or nonprofits that you can work with, but there's a lot. You can go on the tourism website for the place that you're going and see what they have. 
Yeah, they'll okay. have you know things to do here, especially if it's in a developing country. A developing country. Because mm-hmm. that was going to be my next question. Like, if you had any suggestions for how people can um, evaluate a source, like if you are using social media, or if you decide to just Google um, how to give back while visiting um, Tanzania, whatever. Right. If it's new to you or if you're not familiar with the way nonprofits work or just larger organizations in general, Mm -hmm. um, what are some things to kind of look out for or to kind of like avoid? Um, I think the tourism website, I didn't even consider that. You know, I think I didn't consider it because something about official websites, they always look so damn janky. I don't care what country it yeah. is, but every last one of them looks like I put the website together. Right. You know what I mean? And I feel like even my WordPress site look a little better right. than U.S. Department of State's website. Right. It's just, I got a lot more information, yeah. but my shit is prettier. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's just, how would you suggest outside of making sure that you're actually going to a legitimate um, mm-hmm. website or a, um, what's the right word? Um not legitimate, but like a uh, reputable, reputable. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. A reputable website, because I mean, anybody could buy right. a GoDaddy yep. landing page and do something. But if you don't know what you're looking for or what to avoid, I could see easily falling into it. So are there any things that come to mind that you would suggest that people look out for or yeah. look for in particular? Look for in particular. Um, the colleges, our local colleges are really good sources and say, I'm going to say if there's a Spanish teacher, there's a French teacher, if there's a tree teacher, whatever that person is, right. Um, a cultural immersion programs that are on the college campuses. Those are vetted because they're not sending those kids, you know, the study abroad, you don't have to be in the study abroad or a student there to reach out to the Dean or whoever there and ask who do they work with? Or can I, can I sponsor a student? Cause that, because that student is going to physically go there and do the work, right? Um, if if you once you're down there, just shop locally and you know try to find out in general what something should cost, right? And then you can negotiate, but still support the local person. Because the more I've gone back to Ghana, the more development I've seen that has not been by us. And so it's like I'm going to you know go over here to the to the what is this the McCullough Market, right? Those are Mm -hmm. direct impact things that you can do. Buy from the sellers on the streets, right? Don't try to negotiate them all the way down because it is a dollar. You don't want to get ripped off, but those are ways that are going directly into their pockets. And Mm -hmm. again, on a lot of those websites, you can follow their social media. If there's some activity, um, just use your intuition. Or again, this is really what, and I think it's important depending on where you're going, for me, for the the recipients of our gifts to look like us. They need to know that the help doesn't always come from the outside, right? Um, And that's why it was important for me to keep going back every year to the same children, right? Mm -hmm. And so you build those relationships. I'm speaking again for Ghana. They don't care nothing about an email, you know, but that's us. Our generation is kind of bringing that in, but they want to see face to face, just like you. They don't want to get scammed either, because a lot right, of people come right. up there. Mm-hmm, they don't want to get scammed either. So, um, in the in in hot spot places, I think it might be a little bit easier. Um, but there's organizations like you know Peace Corps or Habitat for Humanity, or you know they all just look to see who comments on their stuff. Like, oh, thanks so much, we appreciate it, whatever. Yeah. Do you know? reverse and see what they're about mm-hmm. that was a really good one and another point i wanted to um make sure that i um reiterate that you made was don't haggle these people all the way down yeah there's a distinct difference between getting disrespected right. and then like just taking that l mm-hmm. you are going to pay the tourist tax yeah. it is what it is like let that go yeah. especially if you are coming from a location or an area where your currency just weighs much more like right. it's worth so much more 
I'm not saying or advocating for being disrespected. Like if right. you know some shit is supposed to be like a hundred US dollars, mm-hmm. no, don't pay 500 US yeah. dollars for it. But when you're negotiating between $5 of your yeah. own money and like $7 of your yeah. own money, get them people to the extra $2. Like I, that extra $2 is really not going to break. Spe- if you know whatever that difference is, mm-hmm. isn't going to break you, mm-hmm. take the L. Yeah, I know that I'm not going to pay the same as a local. Right, you shouldn't pay the same as a local. You don't try, if you're doing hair. If I'm bra- like, by no means am I a great braider, so don't call me. <laughs> um, but if I'm braiding somebody's hair and I know them, like I'm not going to charge my cousin to braid her baby's hair. But if my cousin tells her co-workers homegirl you're my cousin will braid like she could braid hair like mm-hmm. yeah you could give me a little 20 dollars for sitting for three hours yep. with your kid you know what i mean like there's a difference like mm-hmm. please respect these people and don't sit here and argue people down on something because they know that this is a dumb argument to be having right. and a lot of times you know but don't want to admit that it's a dumb argument to be having right. so pick your battles people please agree like agree pick your battles be tasteful and I really like that idea of doing like that reverse engineering. You can look through who's commenting, mm-hmm. who are they helping, what organizations are they giving their money to? So right. that you can say, oh, okay, well, this isn't exactly like the person that's in need, mm-hmm. but it's another organization that is right. facilitating through help from mm-hmm. um, Habitat through Humanity, right. but or whatever group that you're looking at. But in terms of the documentary, how's progress on that going? What is that going to look like? When can we expect to see that? Oh, my God. It's been supposed to be out, but I want to do one more day, which is the market day. And I don't feel mm-hmm. like it'll be complete without it, right? Because that's the whole mm-hmm. the yeah. supply chain. Uh, I need to be able to get up there to do it. And um, it always just falls in a weird time that I'm like in Tamale because it's literally on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, right? Okay. So maybe within the next year, definitely mm-hmm. I would, it has to be done because again, we use shea butter. We hear about it all the time, but we don't know where it comes from. Right. Or even if not just it's, the documentary is not about just how it's made. It's about the stories and how the mm-hmm. women and the shea butter cooperative impacts these women's lives, how they have right. more respect in the home now. And there's less domestic violence because a lot of the arguments were about money. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now that they're contributing to the home, they can have a little they have a little bit more respect. They're loaning their husband's money. They're paying their kids tuition. You know, they don't have to have uh, the nonprofit come in to give them malaria pills. They got money to go buy their own malaria pills. You know what I'm saying? Or or yeah. or whatever it is, they can pay for their own things. And the same thing with the. um with a well, like we're not bringing in bottles of water every year. So you're relying on this yeah. water. We're drilling the hole, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So I know that you do the shea butter. Do you produce any other products? Do you have anything else that you offer? Um, you mentioned yeah. soap. Yeah. So there's a shea butter soap. I'm really excited because um, I work with a cooperative in Morocco that it sources mm-hmm. argon oil, clay, and rose water. So if you were to get the Ankara Beauty Box, it always has the shea butter in it. So the Ankara Beauty Box is where I travel to other African countries. There's always going to be the staples of the shea butter. And so what I do is on my trips to Kenya, Kenya, Egypt, uh, Rwanda, Togo, the Togo Box sold out twice because these purses were in it. They're beautiful purses. So what happened? Let me tell you what happened. So when I'm over there, I'm like posting on my social media site and I'll have like a purse and I'm like, oh my God, I want that purse. I can't bring stuff back for everyone, but I'll find out right. the local guy in the, whatever that people see that, they, that I have that they want. I buy it in bulk or I get it shipped and I put it in an Ankara beauty box where creating economic opportunities for the people who are selling it. I have a seamstress who makes our um, spa head wraps and our cosmetic bags. We're literally on FaceTime picking out fabric. Um, You know, we're buying all of the stuff in bulk. Um, The same thing with the shea butter, you know, I put in the order. So these are, this is my little way of giving back, not even because it's it's mutually beneficial because it is a social Mm -hmm. enterprise. Um, So what happens is the Ankara Beauty Box, when I go, I'll literally say, you guys can pre-order it. It'll probably sell out because people want the box. And uh, this last one, I had some oils from from uh, Egypt in there. I was in Cairo. Mm-hmm. So it has, it's a bunch, it's like a, a trinket box of a lot of different um, African countries that, 
it's really cute stuff. It's not cute. It's not stuff that you'll probably see all the time. Um, and once mm-hmm. it's gone, it's gone. But I work with women of cooperatives, um, solo women entrepreneurs and vendors in the local market. And, or I'll get, I like had these brass bracelets that were made from the old Ghanaian coins. So often the only things that are the same thing are is the rose water, the oils and the shea butter. Everything else, each box is going to be different the next time. Like, hey, guys, I just came back from, you know, Ghana or wherever. I have mm-hmm. this stuff. And it's a surprise. They just trust me. And the stuff is dope. I have literally people who have purchased all six boxes because um, I just started doing it. So every time I've gone, I've been going to Ghana every year. And then I'll stop over in different countries. Um, but then it's a, it's a dope box. I will buy because it's something that I will buy. Um, and there's a different shirt in each box. And we're literally, every time I go, I'm giving women the money. And so it's like a bonus. You know, we get our annual bonus. It's just different languages around, you know, yeah. donation, bonus, gift. It's all money going to the, to the people. Right. So. Mm-hmm. So how do we, where, where mm-hmm. can we find you? How do we find out when, cause mm-hmm. I, <laughs> Right. Put me on the list. I want one of them. You have me at the Rosewater because yeah. I keep, I was saying to somebody last week's guest, hey, Aspen, we were talking about skincare. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that I just got to that age where like I really have to pay attention to my face now. Like I just started having to wash my face every night. You Maybe you'll know. So, a little tangent here, sidebar. Does shea butter clog your skin? Because I've been trying to use it on, like I use it on my face generally at night just because I don't feel like it's as heavy. And if I'm sweating during the day or if I'm moving around, I don't want the outside sticking to my face anyway. Right. But does it clog your skin? It does not. And if you want like a light oil, argan oil is a really good one. I love it. Okay. Again, though, here are these things, everything's not created equally. So you can might have a bad experience with a black soap. And I'll just use, um, if you see a black soap that like is super drying, it's because it doesn't have a lot of shea butter in it. I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was shea butter in black soap. Nor I. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Yeah. So where do we um, get on the list for um, an Ankara box? How do we purchase shea butter from you? Because I am intrigued. Yeah. I want to know if. <laughs> Because I get mine on Amazon. Yeah. It's, it's and, coming from the same place, though. But I don't know if I have Nigerian shea yeah. butter, if I have Ghanaian shea butter. I don't know if they use them spoiled nuts in my yeah. shea butter. Like, I would like to know that someone paid attention right. to what is going into my product. Yeah. And I trust you now. So <laughs> how do we find you? How do we... um? How do we order an Ankara Beauty Box? How do we um, contribute to your social missions? And where can we find more information about you? And let's not forget, uh, what was it, Case Kettle Corn? Case Kettle Corn, which is the best kettle corn. I'm just saying what the people say. Let's get into it. How do we find you and all the gifts that you're bringing to the world? Um, Kettle Corn, CaseKettleCorn.com is K-A-Y-S, KettleCorn.com. Ankara Beauty, A-N-K-A-R, beauty.com and then you can go through the tabs and i'm really gung-ho and like really pushing the Ankara beauty social impact fund which i just launched last month i'm trying to raise twenty thousand dollars by september to finish the school that will be equipped with computers that are all uniform and the reason i want uniform computers is because i don't want there to be a learning curve for the teachers trying to figure out eight different That is such a good point. Yeah, because people are like, oh, you can get them donated. And I'm like, have you ever tried to teach little kids on eight different soft, you know, like somebody giving a MacBook, somebody, and that's not to be ungrateful, but I think that if, now if there's someone who has 200 or not 250, you know, uniform laptops, they would, I would absolutely love to give because that would you know, give us more of a budget to give to something else. And we're doing the borehole, another borehole, because I saw the direct impact that it made. The young ladies and the kids and the women don't have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to go get water for the day for their house. They can wake up and and then they'll have to miss school. They can wake up Mm. and walk maybe, you know, a mile versus six to go get water and then turn around and go to school. So if you can help with that, if you you look on onkarabeauty.com, 
and the Social Impact Fund. There's information on how to Zelle or there's a GoFundMe there. Or if you know of any organizations who do contribute to social enterprises or their grants, our deadline is for the borehole is July. And so I'm I, even if I have to get another job, I'm, I'm going to do it because I've committed, right? I've committed to these, and they're two separate projects. I've committed to the the village and the chiefs are ready to have, and if anyone, anyone wants to go, I'm going in August, August to September. I stay about a month or two, but you don't have to. Oh, beautiful. Uh, but yeah, AnkaraBeauty.com, it has all the information. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I had yeah. such a great time talking with you. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely, absolutely want to encourage everybody to please, please, please stop by the website, mm-hmm. carbeauty.com, mm-hmm. yeah. but especially uh, uh, beauty.com and see what you can do. Yeah. Just, I mean, it. like I said, we ain't going, um, we're not going to haggle these people when we go there and buy things because- Mm-hmm. respectability. You know what I mean? Like respect people and their work. They are standing outside, sitting outside in right. the sun that you are just passing through and they are selling and providing goods and services. We can absolutely make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if everybody would just, what was um in um coming to America, we, um, we appreciate, what is it? We appreciate the money that makes noise, but we more appreciate the one that votes. Those, oh, okay. If you know, you know. You know the quote that I'm talking about when the, um, yeah. when sexual chocolate and the, you know, when you know what I'm talking yeah. about. But the <laughs> point is, travel is so much more than vacation. Mm-hmm. And actively being good people mm-hmm. is such a blessing and a gift yeah. to give the world. And you can even do that without having to travel. Yeah. You can do that from your homes. So we've got the opportunity here. So absolutely tap in. Khadija, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate having you here with me and speaking with us. And Mm -hmm. I hope that the Travel and Shit listeners can be of service to you and your mission. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Fucks with you last next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.